Welcome to the Wild Soul Academy podcast. I am your host, Joy Kaya, and I just want to welcome you here. So excited you've joined us. This podcast is all about the divine being who is feeling called to do more, be more, and show up more, whether it be with their community, with their family, in their business. You know, we are moving into this beautiful age of Aquarius together, and there is so much for us to tap into and grow from and expand. So join me, enjoy. I hope you love the episode, and here it is. Hello, beautiful wild soul. Welcome to another episode. Ah, it's such a beautiful day. It's such a beautiful day. Um, I, about five days ago, we had our new moon eclipse and the energies that that brought in, um, were about the shadow and the releasing and all these beautiful gifts that are coming our way and just feeling so, so blessed with all of the goodness that's happening. And I have been reflecting because we are getting ready to go through this real, actually we are in the midst of, I should say, going through this midst of energy shifts and a lot of it has to do with our belief system or it's going to affect our belief system and how we see the world and how we walk through the world. And it's not just our human aspects. It's also our soul aspects that are going to be looked at from new lenses. And I've been talking about the age of Aquarius and a lot of my episodes and the fact that I believe that we are moving through the veil right now, as I record this, we are moving through the veil as we enter the age of Aquarius. What I mean by that is the great shift is taking place. The divine feminine is being called forward. And the age that we just moved out of was the Piscinian age. And that's that really began when the Bible was written. And when the Bible was written, and I, I'm not sure how much the audience knows around kind of like this whole understanding now that powerful, strong women were left out of the Bible. Their story was not told. They may have been mentioned, but they were not fully told. And therefore, we really embraced this masculine, you know, um, space, this, you know, believing in the God and forgetting the goddess in, um, in more biblical times. So now as we move into this new age of Aquarius, this is an air sign and it's more communication and opening our minds to what's possible. And with the great conjunction also taking place, we are being asked to connect to as above and so below. And because that shift is all happening at once, um, time is speeding up and also feeling like it's slowing down in some ways, but we're really being given this big invitation in 2020 to ask ourselves, what do I believe? And so I wanted to bring in this episode because I feel that even though we're not supposed to talk about politics and religion, that that's what we definitely should be talking about. What do I believe? And I say we start to break the rules. I say we start to shift these old stories, 
these old belief systems of how we thought things should be, right? Like it's time for us to begin to make these greater shifts in our mind, in our emotional body, and in our lives. And it doesn't have to be drastic. It can be very, very small and subtle. And I was born to be a trailblazer. I've always been a bit of a maverick. I've always had an inner knowing that there was something more, there was something bigger, that um, I was more than just this little girl, this little being. I was, that there was more than just the church that my mother took me to. There was always more. And I've always been a seeker. And sure, I've always felt the need, just as we all do, to somewhat follow, to be safe and to feel secure. But I actually find my zeal for life and my true fulfillment in just creating my own path. And so I wanted to bring this in today to talk about my belief system and to hopefully allow that to to shake up and get you looking at yours a little bit too. When I say shake it up, think about like a snow globe and like shake the snow globe and then like watch all the snowfall, you know, reflect on all those little snowflakes in your life. Like each one's so unique and different and each experience has been so different and it's formed who you are. It's formed how you walk through the world. And so it's time for us to ask, you know, do I still see the world in the same model? And do I see life in the same model? that I was once taught, you know, sometimes we just forget to stop and ask ourselves, do I still believe this? <laughs> do I still believe this? Hmm. When I was very young, I had these really amazing experiences. And I, and I think that we all are capable of these experiences. I think that we are divinely created and we are these deep souls that have, you know, thousands of years of experience in this human experience and that we have past lives and reincarnation is real and that we never die. We are always energy. Energy does not dissipate. Energy becomes different and it creates new energy. Energy just changes form. And so because of that, as a little girl, I believe I had these unknown experiences like visitors coming to my home. When I was home alone, my mom would go out on an errand and leave me home alone. And I had this beautiful spirit that would show up and she was so sweet and she was so nice. She never spoke a word, but I would see her walking the halls of my house. I would see her standing outside of the house. Like I would peek out the front door and I would see her. And I just felt like she was there to, she was just looking out for me. Like she's home alone. I'm going to look out for her like a guardian angel and she kind of looked like Mary Poppins a little bit, but I would have never known that reference. Not only was that happening in the seventies, but I wouldn't have known the reference because we didn't have TV and I didn't have, um, any exposure to movies or anything like that at that time. Uh, it was against the religion that my mom followed. So we had nothing like that. So I had nothing to be influenced by. I just had this experience of this woman who looked like in a petticoat and she looked kind of like Mary Poppins, if I think about it. <laughs> so anyway, so moving on, I had my own Mary Poppins, right? And then I started having these premonitions. Like I would know when the phone rang, um, who was calling. Um, I would 
you know, as life went on and I grew older, I would have premonitions. And I talk about this in um, an episode around tarot and intuition. And so all of these things were happening. And I, I continued to believe that they were, that they were real, you know, even though I was told it was in my imagination and I stopped talking about them for a long period of time, I always knew that there was something greater. There's something there. And I was very young, but I always knew. And we were in this church that, you know, and I, I want to talk about this because I think it affects a lot of us. I was raised in a church where the men were who we looked up to and the women were supporting the men. And I will say this, that this specific church that I was part of, um, very loving individuals, a lot of unconditional love, unconditional support. Everyone was there for each other. Everyone embraced each other. Like you didn't feel alone. You felt like part of this, something, something important and something special. One of the things that was really hard for me from a very early age is they had this belief that if you, if you were not in this specific church in this specific belief system, that when you died, you would not be resurrected. Um, and therefore, if you were not in the church, then you were dead to the, to, to you, they were dead to you. So that meant separating yourself from your family. That was very cult-like, right? And, um, I just remember, I remember this, I remember not seeing my grandparents and, you know, not seeing my cousins as much as I wanted to, because, you know, <clears throat> we had this dynamic in my mom's belief system. And I remember hearing it in the church. I remember hearing the ministers say these things, you know, very interesting. What was also interesting is that the congregation, like they use, they spoke in tongues. Um, and that was a really, as a child, you know, your, your mouth kind of drops open and your eyes get big and you just can't stop staring at this woman speaking in tongues. And then starts to like channel a message and speaks it. And, you know, anyway, so it was a very unique experience as a little girl. And then we left the church and then life kind of normalized, I guess you could say. And I just went about my way. And then when I was much older, um, after high school, my grandfather passed away and my mom took it really hard. And she ended up going back to this church. And I went and visited um, for a very, very short time, like little spurts. I would just go to a couple of services here and there. And this was a church that repressed you. Like as a woman, you could not cut your hair. You had to, you had to cover your elbows. You had to cover your knees. There was no jewelry. Um, you know, it was just really intense. And so I was visiting this church and I, I, and now I was older. Now I was wiser. Now I was just like, you guys are a little not okay. But what I loved about the church was the congregation and the people there were so sweet and so kind. And I felt so received there, but the belief system was like, even at 18, 19, I was like, this place is, you know, this something's not right here. This doesn't feel right. And I, and it's not judgment. It was more like it didn't feel right for me. And I remember one Sunday service, I'll just give you a quick little background on it. My mom had kind of like a book club. She had some fellow women over from the church and she was reading this book, Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. It's a must read, my friends, like two books from Marianne Williamson, 
really shifted my world, a return to love and a woman's worth. And so I was here at a service on a Sunday. My mom just had this little group of women coming over like that week before. And they ask her to rise. They call her name out and they ask her to stand up in the middle of the congregation. And over the pulpit, um, the minister says, you know, you are not to congregate with, and they said my mom's name, um, and it is not okay. And it, and they were threatened, you know, and I just remember thinking, absolutely not okay. That is unacceptable. That's her human right to gather with like five or six other women and talk about a book, a book that was beautifully written, that was even founded with a belief of God. She, Mary Williamson mentioned God in this, in this book. And I was just like, you know, hardline, no, thank you. And it was such an interesting moment because I remember thinking this is the last day I will ever be here. I waited for the end of the service and then I left and I told my mom and my uncle was a minister in that church as well. And my aunt also, and my mom and my stepdad. And I told them all, I am leaving. I am not returning. And this is why. And they actually ended up leaving that church, you know, within like three to six months after I left, um, just a short time after. And I like to think that I kind of trailblazed that, um, that decision for the adults in my life and never looked back, never looked back, never shifted, never looked back. And, you know, I think that this is an extreme story, but I think that there is a lot for us to think about when it comes to structured religion, um, I believe that there is oneness. I believe there are golden threads of truth in every belief system. And I believe that there was golden threads in that church. The things that I learned from that church was that prayer exists, that you can connect with your source. I, that speaking in tongues and the praying um, it was interesting, but I, I felt like, oh, that's how you can connect. And so like meditation and breath work and, you know, it's kind of like that gateway to that and the compassion and the love that was within the congregation. That was something else that was unmatched. You know, you, you can truly unconditionally love another person and want the best for them. And it doesn't have to be every woman or every man for themselves. Like there truly can be community. And even though there was some fear of God in that um, approach, but if you take that out, it was quite beautiful. And as time went on, I ended up reading all these books by Mary Williamson. I ended up working with Mary Williamson with my mom. Um, we, you know, we kind of just started to find our way. I worked with a, a guru by the name of Sri Sri Ravi Shankar um, through the Art of Living Foundation, learned his breathwork techniques. Um, this was the first time I ever heard the term yoga and learned what I thought was yoga, which is yoga. It was just not the physical workout yoga that y'all know. So imagine my confusion when yoga studios started popping up. I was like, are they all doing breath work there? I was so confused. Um, and then of course I figured it out. 
but this is like in the early 90s when I had all these experiences and yoga studios weren't around back then. Um, yoga was breath work, you know, yoga was going to, you know, going to um, satsang and doing breath work and doing a puja and, you know, all of these wonderful things that I got to do during that time. Very, very beautiful memories. But as I continued on my path, I, I just started, you know, even in the art of living, like there's too much structure here. Like I felt like there was like too many rules or the way we do things. And, um, and maybe that wasn't really what the intention was, but I started to feel that constriction. I, I knew that there was more for me. Um, I should also say that I read uh, a very beautiful book, um, by Starhawk called Spiral Dance at that same time. And that was powerful. And I even visited a couple of covens in the Monterey Bay area and I <laughs> just didn't connect with anybody at the time. And um, I was definitely trying. I was definitely open. But my beliefs, you know, my beliefs kept wondering. I was like, I don't know if this doesn't feel right either, you know, Um kind of just dabbled in this and dabbled in that and whether it be shamanism or paganism or, you know, what am I going to be? Who am I? Like, where's my spiritual connection? You know, I, I, I think that the most powerful part of that journey, especially in my twenties, you know, was playing and testing the waters and asking myself, like, who am I? And I really did connect with the fact that I am a spirit and that there's reincarnation. And I fell in love with the nature path, you know, recognizing that nature is going to speak to us and we can connect with her and we are one with her. We are not separate from her. And, you know, just really started to play with this. And, you know, as I've grown older, I've done some other things around spirituality, um, having my own spiritual center that was, you know, based in paganism and, um, you know, witchcraft um, and that kind of thing. And then realizing that that label too also feels very limiting to me. And, you know, I want to be labelless. I There's times where I'll use a term to describe what I do and um, I've created my own, which is a sacred illuminator. And the reason why that term has come is because I just want to shine my light and share my energies and the things I've been through and let that light beam down onto you and be a spotlight for you. So you can find your own light, ignite your light, you know, kind of like Iron Man has his light <laughs> and, and let that beam out like a lighthouse, you know? And so sacred illuminator feels like the closest to who I am. I'm a little bit medicine woman. I'm a little bit witchy right? Um, I'm also a little bit, you know, maybe some Eastern philosophies in there with the Hinduism and things like that from my past, because I believe in breath work. I know that that's a powerful gateway to connection. Um, I also am deeply invested in meditation, meditation and journey work, shamanic healing. You know, I do all these modalities, you know, I even work now with herbs. I'm really getting powerful around the herbalism and the healing with the herbs and the medicine, allowing myself to become that healer of medicine with herbs that I have always been. And I was fearful to express. And now I'm finally learning to express it. So I think life is just filled with opportunity for us to express our individuality. And I would not think twice to fall into the belief system that we are all of 
the parts of us, including our past lives. You know, we're all of those pieces. Um, as I've done my own past life journey work, um, and I work with it with my clients, what I find is that we are like these little pieces of everything. So at one point, you know, being a medicine healer, um, you know, being a herbalist, being a medicine woman in a village, you know, in a lot, in a lifetime, um, connecting with the fact that, um, at one point I was a philosopher, um, some other things, you know, just kind of, oh, that's part of who I am. Oh, that's part of who I am. You know, um, I was an alchemist in a lifetime, you know, oh, that's part of who I am. And it's just about starting to weave that in and just say, oh, I am all things. And it doesn't mean that we have to be those things that we used to be, but we can connect into the wisdom that those lifetimes gave us, not take it for granted. Um, for those of you who don't want to deep dive into your past lives, really all you have to do is check in with your higher self, your inner compass, the part of you that says, yes, that feels like it's in alignment with me or no, that doesn't feel like that's my truth. And if you really become in tune with yourself, you will begin to discover that you can have this line of communication and you can start to really define and filter your truth. And it's not found outside of yourself. Like me recording this episode is all and every episode I record. It's like, here's some information. Here's some thoughts. Here's something to digest. What is your truth within it? You know, everything I speak to, every question that I ask you, every um, story I share is literally me, like an architect, just creating and building this opportunity, this temple for you to step into and ask yourself in prayer and in deep meditation, what is my truth? What feels true to me? And then from there, stepping forward and manifesting and creating the life that you want to live. And so now that we are in this beautiful time on the planet, we are all being given this invitation to level up. I feel like a video game when I say that. I think about Mario Brothers level up. <laughs> okay. It's time for us to level up. There is this like, invisible glass ceiling of spirituality. Like this is how we are. We have our spiritualist. We have our Buddhist. We have our Hindus. We have our Christians. Okay. But we're not separate. There's something that brings us together. We are all human. We are all souls in a human body, having a human experience, trying to heal judgment and find more love on this planet. Healing fear, creating more love. But we are here to learn. Earth is school. It's forgiveness school. It's surrender school. It's kindness school. Overcoming judgment school. Okay. This is school. This is work. This is not the playground. Although what I love about life is that we have so much to play with. There's so many cool things we can manifest. I had a moment today, I was in a forum and a woman had shared um, that she was 
really feeling the call to be in nature and to manifest. And I thought about my story, the land that I live on right now. I have only lived here since August. It's December. So very short time and how I manifested this place, how I just started speaking my dreams. I started speaking. I started to believe that this would be mine. At first I thought my belief was I can have it in two years. And then I realized I could have it now. And that's when it manifested instantly for me. From the moment I spoke it to the moment I moved into my new place was six weeks. Six weeks. That's what unheard of, right? It's about what we believe. So begin to look at your spiritual beliefs. Begin to look at what do I truly believe about my journey? You know, I, um, I will jokingly call what I do woo, right? Like it's the woo. And I know this term is used all over. I take it lightly. I don't take it seriously. I don't take offense by it. Yeah, I'm a little bit woo. But I'm also a very grounded woman. I have one foot in each world, spirit and earth. And I work with them together. I allow their energies to weave together so that I am a powerful manifester and that I can create the things that make me happy in my life. When I lean away from that is when I get myself entangled. When I call myself back to it, clarity, surrender, and release takes place and everything falls in right after it. It's powerful, very powerful. So I've spoken to this concept of oneness and not on a social level. I'm talking spiritual level for a minute. Oneness meaning we are all souls in human bodies. So that makes us one. But what makes us really amazing and awesome is that we're so unique. We are so unique. And I want to use religion as an example. There are so many different belief systems. We have so many different gods and goddesses that we lean into. And there's so much power in all of it. And so if you can stop and not think of it as being separate and not thinking of it as just being one, but think of it as a tapestry. And there's these beautiful cords, all different colors, and each belief system, each spiritual path is a different color of cord. And that's what kind of creates the foundation of the tapestry. But what, what weaves it together, what makes it whole, what makes it a oneness energy is the golden thread, the things that we share, the beliefs, the dreams, the practices that we share. That's what makes us whole. That's what brings the tapestry together. That's what strengthens it, our golden threads of truth. The rest of it is kind of shiny and extra. You think about that. You know, we get really caught up on, you know, how often we go to church or how often we go into meditation or, you know, 
honoring the moon. If you don't, if you, do you honor the moon or don't you honor the moon? That that defines how witchy you are or how spiritual you are. <laughs> you know, follow me for a second. That's not what defines it. Our heart, our intention, that's what defines us. So when we go into ritual, when we go into sanctuary or temple, when we enter, what that does is it brings the focus for us to be in a place of our spiritual essence, to remember who we are, to remember that we're not alone and that there is a greater source that's involved here. There are some kind of sacred contracts, sacred agreements that we have made and that's why we're here. And that's why some souls feel so familiar. Like we're soul family. You know, all of that is divine. But we come into temple. We come into sanctuary. We honor. We celebrate. We go through rites of passage to keep that thread strong. And so when I come in and I ask, what are your beliefs? Like, that's what I'm talking about. What's those golden cords? What's the stuff that truly matters? Not the shiny stuff, but the stuff that's at the core. The stuff that is often unseen, but always felt. <sighs> Breathing that in. Maybe you can breathe with me. <laughs> so... I just want to thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it touched your heart. I hope it remember, it reminded you to remember. It reminded you to ask yourself to clear the clutter and get really clear on what you believe. I love you. I'm so grateful for your presence and for joining me and listening to this episode today. And if anything, allow this to strike something new in you. Allow it to ignite that light that's within you and it's always been within you. Allow your light to turn a bit brighter and share some love. Share your heart with another. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a love note, maybe some beautiful stars to go along with that love note. And if it really moved you, share it with a friend, help us grow and expand. We really do very much appreciate it. Also, I want to invite you to come on over and check out the Joy Kaya website. That's at www.joie kya.com and come take a look. I'm offering one-on-one sessions still. So come and take advantage of that while they're still there. And I also have the wild soul Academy available. We have a beautiful membership that has a ton of course material, masterclasses, meditations, and we're a community that comes together two times a month, honoring the lunar cycles and much, much more. And know this, we are also going to be offering certification programs, intuitive, sacred space holding, earth keeping, healing um, certifications. We have so much coming up in 2021. So come and be a part of our membership because the membership group will have first dibs on who gets to enter the first year of our certifications. Thank you guys so much and have a beautiful day.